Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Do it big, like lines for an offense, cold centric, don't take Welcome offense. back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Dainley. Thank you guys for coming back again today. Look, we are all set for the preseason week two. Colts and Baltimore Ravens matchup we are kind of anxiously awaiting this it seems like it's been forever since the Colts just played Seattle but they're going to be in succession now I mean we're talking three games and I think what 11 days the Colts play Saturday and then they play the following Sunday I think uh, Saturday even I think that they got two back-to-back games uh, on Saturdays in a row so we've got three Colts games in less than 14 days and September 1st is 53 man roster cut down lots of lots of stuff going on in just a short amount of time so we are closer to the NFL season than we've been obviously uh it it just seems like it's taking forever to get here but we are we are right around the corner from all of this so I wanted to touch on a couple news stories real quick as we kick off uh the show obviously uh, we hear about Bob Lamy's retirement, the longtime voice of the Colts, over 30 years. Um, Jim Irsay said that his he is iconic and a uh, legend and synonymous with Colts football, and that's right. I mean, you can't even possibly fathom hearing a Colts game being called radio or otherwise and not hear Bob Lamy's voice. You just can't do it. I mean, and now, you know, seeing him at training camp practices and and all that, I kind of figured this would be his last year. I was a little surprised that he went ahead and decided to call it quits before the season came up, uh, mainly because he had already been through training camp, had already gone through some of the interviews. You know, we see him at the availability and such. Um, Didn't really have like any hints that that was coming, I suppose, but uh, Matt Taylor is going to be taking over, so that's good news. A familiar voice, a familiar face, I think, and that's uh, I think that's the right way to go. He's going to be there doing the interim right now for Bob, and I would presume, I mean, that he is probably next in line to take over those duties. So I think that's going to be good for Colts football and for the fans to have a recognizable face and voice to kind of uh, fall in line for that. So uh, it, it is uh, kind of strange thinking about that. I mean, he's not a player, he's not a coach, um, but. Nevertheless, as they've said, and as uh, Jim Irsay said, he is a legend, especially with Colts fans. You you have a hard time hearing any of your favorite play calls for the Indianapolis Colts over as long as you can remember. I mean, as long as I can remember and not hear Bob Lamy's voice, whether it's the comeback 
against Kansas City in the playoffs with Andrew Luck diving into the end zone after he uh, scoops up Donald Brown's fumble or, I mean, just anything. Take your pick. Marlon's interception, that seems to be a popular one among people that they can never forget. But just in general, you – I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be the end of the game. It doesn't have to be a game-defining play. You hear a touchdown, you hear a sack, you hear an interception, you hear Bob Blamey's voice. Just in, I mean, that's just the way it goes. So uh, we are going to miss him. I know that you guys are going to miss him as well. It is a familiar voice uh, that we aren't going to be hearing in that capacity at least anymore. So uh, let's get to a little more news. Obviously, uh, kind of something that's that's made its rounds with uh, the Colts and Ravens joint practices was the fight and the brawl the other day. Um, that to me, that I mean, look, you hear a big scrum, you know. Uh, gets underway at, at practice and, and you don't really think too much about it and then you watch it and you watch some of these idiots I mean look whoever the two it was McClellan and I think I think that it was Antonio Morrison uh that basically were into it right away uh on the punt punt uh special teams practicing and those two went at it McClellan decked Morrison if that if it was Morrison I never saw his number um, but I thought I assumed that it was. But then you look at guys like uh, Stanley Jean-Baptiste getting in there and uh, throw, just throwing punches for no reason, just throwing punches at anybody that can see. What an ass. I mean, this dude is a clown. He can't make a roster. I mean, and I wrote something about it. And I, 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 it maybe it's a little fanboy. It's a little fandom. But look, it's a fan. Look, Stampy Blue is a fan, a fan site. I mean, and I'm a fan. I'm not some some dude sitting around making sure that I don't talk about a team that I really like and that uh, I'm a fan of. But at the same time, if Jean-Baptiste was on the Colts and he did the same thing, I'd be calling him a clown just the same because that's some, some BS, right? I mean, he had nothing to do with that fight. 90% of the people that were going into that fight, look, fights come when people start pulling each other apart. If you've ever been to a bar, if you've ever been to anywhere where you've seen a fight and there's more people involved, more friends that are around the corner or just whatever, and everybody gets involved, everybody's pulling each other apart, sometimes fights get you know started. Uh, fights will, will, uh, will touch off in, uh, in regards to pulling each other apart. That's expected. And that happened because a lot of guys were doing that, pulling each other apart. Uh, you don't know who's pulling on you. Maybe somebody's swinging at you or something like that, and you don't have your hands because you're getting them tied behind you or pulled behind you. Uh, that stuff happens. Those touch off. Those kind of spark up. But Baptiste went in there with the sole mission to swing on anybody. He had no intentions of pulling anybody apart, uh, breaking it up, calming the situation. I think that I think that you could legitimately say that 99% of the players there, even if they got into a scrum afterwards, if it sparked it, were in it to break everything up. There was there was not an obvious group of people, uh, of players, going in there just throwing haymakers. It was only Baptiste. And then, of course, the, the ass started another uh, swinging match with Reese Fountain later on. So, I mean, basically, you know, this is who he is. This is the kind of person he is. Probably why he can't stick to a roster. He's played five games in his entire career. Um, <laughs> if he's got a tackle, pro football reference doesn't know about it. So, uh, he, he's got no stats he was drafted in 2014 and it really annoyed me kind of because I was kind of high on him when he came out of the draft. I didn't do a bunch of research or anything like that at the time, 
but he was, you know, 6'3", could play safety, could play corner, big boy. I was intrigued by his speed, too. And it, it just, after watching that video, it, it just further, and uh, you know, brought to the surface what kind of a person that he is. So um, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. Obviously, uh, Coach Reich was not happy about the situation. He basically just came out and said, you know, good teams don't do that this is an MMA, so on and so forth. He was not happy. He was kind of pissed. And a lot of what sparked because of those fights were just little side hustle, you know, side wrestling matches, so to speak, and arguments and stuff like that, which uh, that comes with the territory, I think, like that anytime something touches off. But like I said, Baptiste was not there to separate, break up, quell, not, you know, do anything other than throw, throw punches. So um, I hope that you know, maybe he gets treated like the goon that he is because that's exactly what he, I mean, he should be playing hockey, right? I mean, that's what those guys do. They go in there with the sole purpose of hitting people and that's exactly what he was doing. Um, so, you know, I, I, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see him accidentally, you know, not make, uh, any, you know, make the team, you know, maybe he gets a little high ankle sprain. I could care less about him right now. I think that that's, uh, kind of, the kind of people like that, those are, that's exactly why players and coaches don't want to go up against the scrubs from another team. And Baptiste is a scrub. You don't want to go up against them because they got nothing to lose. If they make one play, they feel like they have a chance at making the roster. But more intent, more in, instruct, I mean, they just feel like they're going to go after your legs when you go up, push you when you're up. Like the guys when you play basketball and you're playing, playing a bunch of scrubs and they foul you when you go up for a layup and you end up flying like five feet out of bounds. That kind of stuff. That's exactly why coaches and players, that's why you saw some some Colts players on the sidelines. They don't want to go up against the third, fourth, fifth team cornerback or just whoever. You know, that's something that's going to get people hurt. And in my opinion, scrubs like Baptiste have no business being on, you know, a 90-man roster for that matter. So uh, just one of the things that comes with all of that. But at the same time, you understand why some of the players – and uh, maybe some of the coaches as well just don't dig this. You know, they like the competition. They like the playing time. They like getting set for a preseason game. But this is what comes of it, and you've got to worry about the scrubs. And that that's too bad. That's just one of the downfalls of these uh, joint practices. Uh, and that's uh, something that just comes with the territory, I guess. But hopefully this will kind of – you know, maybe kind of just kind of wash off the back of the Colts and it'll be over with. But other than that, I don't think that we solve any injuries that came about. We, uh, at least not because of the fights, but we did see KJ Brent go down. T.Y. Hilton went down with a shoulder injury. KJ Brent's could be serious. We don't know much about that right now. And that sucks because he was in line to be a heavy contributor. As far as I'm concerned on this roster, he was, and he was a rostered player in a 53 man right now for me. And I think for most people, he had definitely been one of the or one of the receivers that had stood out the most. He was big, tall, fast, uh, running good routes, getting noticed by the quarterbacks. He was definitely getting a lot of attention from them. So that's really, uh, uh, one of the most negative things about this, but that happens. It's not because it was a practice with, um, the Ravens. In fact, it was against one of their top corners. So, I mean, it's not like he would be you know, necessarily doing something like that. It was kind of a freaky play, came down wrong, and uh, they just said that they're going to have to wait to be able to tell 
if it's uh, if it's more serious than it uh, you know than it initially appeared. So uh, not good for KJ Brent. Not good for the Colts in my opinion either. So that's uh, kind of something that's bad about this. So <clears throat> uh, getting you guys set for the for the game today. If you're listening on Monday, which you should be, because this is not on YouTube tonight. Um, the game time's at eight o'clock. It is at Lucas Oil Stadium. It will be on ESPN. You can also listen on radio at WFNI and WLHK. Uh, Bob Lamy, Jim Sorgi, Matt Taylor. Actually, Bob Lamy probably won't be doing it. You know, I don't know if maybe he'll continue to do the preseason. I really don't know what's going on. But um, so that could be changed. That could that uh, that lineup there could change at least for the uh, the those involved that are covering the game for uh, for the radio station. Um, the TV national broadcast is obviously going to be on uh, on ESPN. It doesn't really matter um, who everybody is going to be watching or listening to. This should definitely be um, everybody's go-to when we look at this uh, for Monday night. There's I don't think there's any other games on Monday night. So this is beautiful for the Colts. They're going to get some some big uh, national audience. And they're going to be playing the Ravens, who looked really good last week. And I want to say it was against the Rams. And I think they pretty much dumped them pretty quickly. So that's something that uh, I think the Colts have to look forward to. And they've got some edge rushers. That Timmy, Tim Williams last year, he looked good last week. Um, he I don't remember if he played much last year at all as a rookie. But he's going to come into this game. He looked he looked explosive last week. So the Colts had their handful with them, and uh, we're going to get into why here in just a little bit. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about this roster, and we're going to talk about kind of what you know uh, who who to watch in this game today, who which uh, which positions are really up for grabs at this point, and why. And we're going to just kind of talk about this roster in general, but I'm going to try to limit it to who to watch and which roster spots are are coming to a premium right now as the uh, second preseason game gets underway. And the Colts, are, like I said, are only two weeks away, less than two weeks away from that 53-man roster being uh, being figured out, initially at least. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back with that here on the Colts cast. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets they've got it all guys and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet on the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with that's why i always tell people to bet with my bookie i just did that literally the other day trust me guys they are the best bet this season join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar use my promo code blue colts to activate the offer Visit MyBookie online, that's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use my promo code, BLUECOLTS, when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. 
you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets. They've got it all, guys. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. I just did that literally the other day. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use my promo code BLUECOLTS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code BLUECOLTS when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. All right, everybody, thanks for coming back. Let's get into this here. Uh, who to watch? I mean, we're, we're doing this from the hip right now, right? Uh, first and foremost, we've got so many issues with this offensive line. Austin Howard hasn't been up to snuff. They've kind of pushed him up into the second team, I think, of late. Denzel Good's still out. Joe Haig didn't cut it at left tackle, so they moved him out of there. LaRaven Clark's the guy at left tackle now with Anthony Costanzo out. Jamarcus Webb's getting some snaps. Uh, I, I think that the interior is is set, but they I still think instead of Braden Smith being in there around the guard uh, rotation, you know, we've got Vunovic, Callender, Bond, and Glowinski. I don't like any of those guys, none of them. Uh, don't, I, I guess I shouldn't say that about Callender. I don't know anything about him, but Deshaun Bond's injured as well, so that makes the interior a little slight. But you've got Braden Smith getting a ton of first-team snaps at right tackle. Austin Howard's kind of his backup right now. Good's still out. And then you got Joe Hager over there. And then whether Jamarcus Webb goes to the left or right tackle, who knows? Tyreek Burwell's all there uh, as well. This is kind of going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Braden Smith start, uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised at all to see Austin Howard start. Give him some legitimate snaps against that first team, against the Ravens, and see if he's worth it. If not, they may have to just cut bait. And I don't necessarily mean cut him uh, Austin Howard, but they may just have to go after Braden Smith and say, hey, look, you're our most athletic guy right now who's healthy. We're going to have to put you here, so you're going to have to learn, and you've got two weeks to get it right. I mean, that could be the situation right now for the Colts at right tackle. Uh, Anthony Costanzo is expected back by the regular season, so that'll alleviate a little bit of this issue, but you've still got LaRaven Clark now, and like I said, Austin Howard, I feel like the team's just kind of forcing him into uh, the roster right now because he has not been impressive whatsoever uh it, it this it, it's is a good issue that the Colts are dealing with it now because the Colts do have some sort of depth along this offensive line which is really nice I mean to have and the Colts look the Colts have needed it right <laughs> I mean uh Webb was a new addition Clark was out for a couple days Costanzo's been out um, obviously they, Sean Bond's out now. And then, you know, Austin Howard was out initially. Good's been out lately. I mean, there's just been a lot of issues with this offensive line. So I, I'll be watching the right tackle spot, uh, most definitely. Cause I want to see if Smith can handle it. He didn't look good early when they tried pushing him in there. Uh, I was for it, 
but it didn't look good. So I was kind of like, all right, forget about that. Let's move him into guard and just kind of let him grow there. But he's, I guess technically you could think they're still not in the situation where they have to put him somewhere. They can move him out to right tackle and just try to see how it works. If Howard's not the, the guy there and Good's not healthy and Haig's not one that you're considering at the position right now, uh, I, I think that you've got to just start him. Start Braden Smith and see what happens. So uh, I'll definitely be watching that. Uh, I'm watching the receivers, and, and, and there's a million reasons for it. Uh, K.J. Brent, like I mentioned before the break, got injured. So he has the knee issue. He's not going to play, but there's a bunch of other guys here that really need reps, Darius Fountain being one of them. He's had some good practices this past week, and he needed them because before he was injured, he wasn't having them. He wasn't having. He wasn't not only having great catches, he wasn't having catches. His he was not getting noticed by the quarterbacks. He was not getting their attention. Um, he was missing uh, opportunities, you know, in fifty-fifty balls and stuff like that. So. I am excited. He's back now. He's going to play tomorrow or today. So I'm excited to see him tonight and see if he can get himself a little bit of um, a little bit of momentum going into the, the the third week of the preseason. I'd love to see that for him. Um, I did not have him as a roster player uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I want to see if he can get himself back into the 53 man mix with this. Casey Williams is another one. As far as I'm concerned, last week he earned himself into that 53. He's he's kind of the prototypical possession guy. He doesn't have the elite speed. He has good speed, not elite speed. And the Colts really don't have that big um, kind of possession guy that can that can battle across the middle with uh, linebackers and safeties. Krishan Hogan's one of those guys. He's been improving. I'll be watching him as well. Zach Pascal, he's a guy who, in my opinion, has a little bit of special teams possibility to him he may have a little extra something there to give which can help him make the 53 I want to see him Steve Ishmael um, I'm not excited about Matt Hazel I'm just not but uh, with the way that the Colts receiver group is right now it's a little scary because they don't have that guaranteed number four guy right now I mean they had him with KJ Brenton he's out so now they got Williams Fountain Hogan Pascal uh, Ishmael all these guys fighting for that number four spot. And, hey, guess what? They're going to keep at least five. So they've got a fourth and a fifth spot that they're trying to figure out here. This is dicey is at best in far, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not excited about Ryan Grant. So the more we get into the, the preseason, the closer we get to the regular season, I'm going down on my stock or as far as the wide receiver group in general, the stock is down on this group. Uh, maybe Hilton doesn't even play tonight. I, I don't think that he's going to actually, or it would be, it would make sense if he didn't, you know, they don't want to ding him up. So then what do you got? You got Rogers and Grant as one and two. I mean, you're going to see a lot of different guys at this wide receiver position tonight, getting some reps and we need to see it. The coaching staff needs to see it. It's going to be interesting to watch. I, I'm very interested in this uh, wide receiver group and, and it sucks for KJ Brent. Hopefully his situation is, uh, is much less serious than everybody expects, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited to watch this safety group as well. Um, you know, whether Hooker and Gethers or one or the two or either, you know, get some some snaps in here. I think Gethers would, if anybody, uh, because I think they've said that they, they aren't going to bring Hooker in until the third preseason game of the year. 
But T.J. Green, Ronald Martin, Chris Cooper, I mean, and then they got the new Robinson Therese. He's a new guy, and he's getting in this mix. So we're going to see a lot of rotation with the uh, safeties as well. I want to see... I want to see Matthias Farley kind of solidify himself. And he he virtually is solidified as the number three guy there. But I really want to see him almost get to a point where he's battling for starting reps. You know, we know that if both Gathers and Hooker are, are healthy, Farley is very unlikely to get a starting spot. I want to see him look like he deserves to be a starter, though. You know, I want to see him do something, whether it's a, a nice, um, you know, tackle in the box or whether it's a tip ball and or an interception or something of the sort being able to come over while he's in single high and and get the the far side of the field make a play on a ball there anything like that I want to see something from Farley and I'm interested to see Martin and Cooper as well they've both kind of risen for me a little bit so I'm anxious to see those guys Uh, the, the cornerback position here they have mixed up so many different Uh, combinations of guys whether it be inside outside I'm just going to say the entire position because we've seen Wilson start without Desir opposite him and vice versa we've seen Kenny Moore start outside he's going to come inside as well Nate Hairston can play out and in Um, but the real issue here is with Chris Milton DJ White you know uh, Robert Jackson uh, Lachard Durr and Andre Tolliver who would those guys, those guys have all been working in and out as gunners uh, in special teams. Somebody's going to have to make a play on special teams here, as far as I'm concerned, to get their stock up going into week three. They need to prove that they can be a special teams player because I think they keep six on the roster here for the corners. I'm not certain of that, but I think that they do, and I, I hope that they do because I think that they need it. I really do. And and the bad part about it is this and the wide receiver position are two positions that could be heavily looked at to add an additional piece come roster cutdowns uh, because I think that they need drastically to improve uh, the talent level at both positions. So I'm interested to watch that. I want to see somebody rise, though. I want to see somebody play really well. Uh, moving you know, and we're virtually touching on every position here but I I think as much as the linebacking position is a, a major question mark I I have kind of a thought going into this we don't know much about Anthony Walker's groin issue it's been an issue um, we're not getting many updates on it I think and this is just my opinion here but I think that this is, he's a, a possible IR candidate going into the season which to me would keep him off because you have a short-term IR now don't forget that he could come back later in the season get him completely healthy get him ready to play that could be a big boost at the end of the season if he's up to snuff we don't really know what he's made of right now though do we we didn't see much of him in practice he was hurt almost before camp started it seemed like uh, but we've got Najee Good Sky Moore Darius Leonard as the starters <clears throat> from Sam Mike to Will and then we got Matthew Adams who's a rookie and I'm I'm excited to watch him I'm real excited I want to see some versatility from him I want them to try to get him in more versatile role I want to see them use him at Mike I want to see them use him at Sam as well Uh, but Zaire Zaire Franklin he's a guy I really like want to watch him Terrell Adams is a guy who came out of that that Legion of Doom uh, group in Seattle and he's a really tough player guys we're not going to hear his name a ton as far as like for big names to watch, 
but keep an eye on him, man. This dude has a mentality, and he's a he's a good, well-spoken dude. He's going to go out, and he's going to lay some wood, and I'm excited to watch this linebacker group, to be quite honest with you, because I think after that first preseason game, I think the coaches went in there and said, look, guys, we made some mistakes. I think that there are a lot of simple resolutions to what we did wrong, though. I think that they, they need to break down a little bit more. They need to get into their correct zones. I'm excited to see what this linebacking crew can do. Hopefully they don't go downhill. It's possible. Uh, it's more than possible, right? They're a young group. They're, they're going to f- get into a situation where they don't know how to react, and that's what this building through camp and practice and, and the summer is all about. So I'm real excited to see what these guys come up with. But I think that if you go good Adams, uh, the other Adams, more Franklin and Leonard, I think you can leave Anthony Walker out of there. Jeremiah George and Antonio Morrison, in my opinion, are not rosterable uh, linebackers at this point. I think you get the Adams in there and you let him grow um, because I think that you can put Zaire Franklin and Tyrell Adams in that same role if needed. And I don't think that Antonio Morrison is necessary. I don't think Jeremy, Jeremiah George is necessary. And I, like I said, I think that Anthony Walker is, a, is quite honestly a, an IR candidate going forward. If he's not back by week three of the preseason, I would not count on him um, counting against the 53-man roster. I would guess he's going to be on IR or PUP or something. I think that they'll, they'll put him on something and designate him to return later. Uh, looking at the defensive line, defensive tackle, <clears throat> it's kind of the same thing. I'm looking for Terrell Basham to finally live up to his third-round uh, stock. We need to see something from him. We need to see Tyquan Lewis, Kamoko Ture. Um, I'm excited to see these guys. I think we know what Marcus Hunt gives us. He's very uh, kind of a stable guy, but he's not ex- super exciting. He's not a guy who can bend. Uh, Jabal Sheard, we already know what he's kind of given us. We know what Danico Autry's kind of giving us. Al Woods is an early down guy for rundowns, uh, a space eater, but he's he's showing explosions. We know what he's got. I want to see. Let's see Grover Stewart. Let's see Hassan Ridgeway get in there in the mix against the ones and twos and really make a difference instead of against the threes like he did in Seattle. Uh, Like I said, let's see Lewis if he plays. Basham desperately needs to do something because right now, if if Basham was a third-year player or if Basham was not drafted by Ballard, he's cut. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's not lived up to what he's supposed to be doing right now. You can say whatever you want, give him time, give him time. Yes, he is going down the roster, guys, on in a, uh, in, a, in a scheme that he is supposedly more comfortable and fits perfectly in. I mean, I've said that. Anybody who talks about him says that. Chris Ballard says that. Other analysts. I mean, everybody understands. He is in a position to excel, and he continues to fall down the depth chart. Terrell Basham, better, better, better hurry it up, buddy. You got two weeks to make an impact. Um, whether he's on the cut possibility or not, I don't know. It really depends. I mean, Boward's going to have to have some big kahunas if he's going to do it because to say, man, I'm going to give up on a guy after a year and a training camp, that is going to be hard to do. But here's the thing, man. This defensive line, defensive ends and tackles, there's a lot of guys on here, and they can't keep all of them. Everybody I've just named – including Ryan Dallaire. Ryan Dallaire has been a guy who's come in, made an impact in practices. He looks good. 
He's definitely a guy who uh, can can feed off the energy and get himself some pressure. He's a guy who can get his hands up in the passing lanes. Look at all those guys I named. Sheard, Hunt, Simon, Teray, Dallaire, Basham, Autry, Woods, Stewart, Ridgeway, and Lewis. Colts can't keep all of them. They can't. Who do they cut? Basham better get his uh, stuff together real quick. And I'd hate to see a guy like Ryan Dallaire uh, come in and improve, and improve this defensive line, but be cut anyways, just because, you know, he didn't draft him or, or, or Marcus Hunt get uh, dispatched simply because he's the oldest guy of the group or, you know, Hassan Ridgeway because he didn't draft him, you know, or something like that. This is going to be a fun defensive line to figure out because they can't keep all of those guys. They can't. I don't think Nunes Roaches, uh, the rookie Tomisi Lalile, I don't think Anthony Johnson or Chris McCain have a shot at the 53 right now pending any major injury situations. Uh, but those other 11 guys I mentioned, this is a bat toll, and I can't wait to watch it. So I'm watching the defensive line heavily, heavily uh, Monday night tonight as the uh, the Colts and Ravens get underway. So, guys, it's going to be an exciting season. I know that we're you know kind of down on the overall expectations of the group, but look, when we go into the season, we have some clear uh, benchmarks that the Colts need to hit. They need to get better. They need to prove that they belong. They need to improve their pass rush. They need to be able to stymie some pass rush with their new offensive line. They've got to be able to click on offense. They can't afford to have drops. They can't afford to have poor routes. They cannot afford to only have three wide receivers on this team. This is going to change a lot as far. I mean, I, I think that you guys heard Kevin and I talk about it the other night. I think that we can expect at least three claims from the waiver wire. Um, I would say wide receiver and corner are the most necessities. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's going to be hard for me to see them bring in a guy along the defensive line. It's going to be hard for me unless there's a real standout to see them bring in somebody uh, along the linebacking core because they basically – got nothing they got four rookies and and two guys who are somewhat veterans I mean Najee Good's definitely a veteran Tyrell Adams is also somewhat of a veteran but those six I think are in a pretty good shape now like I said if a top top tier guy comes in uh and is is available you know somebody's going to get kicked down Matthew Adams is going to go to the practice squad or just whatever but I mean offensive line there could be an addition there there could feasibly be enough uh, an addition to the running back core because right now after those top four we've got Robert Turbin who's going to be sitting and then we've got Christine Michael Brandon Oliver and Josh Ferguson and none of those guys are really exciting Brandon Oliver does have some similar or some uh, um, some connections to Frank Reich from his days in San Diego he used him a lot right before uh, they ended up getting a, a every down running back there as well so I, I think there's a lot for us to pay attention to tonight. I think that this is going to be a fun game for us to watch. I've really enjoyed watching the rest of the preseason. I've enjoyed watching the Colts, obviously, in their game, but I've enjoyed watching other teams. I think that the overall talent level in the league is up. I think that the quarterback situations around the NFL are in much better situations than they've been in the past. Some of those are going to look down. Some of those guys are going to descend as the season gets underway. Some are going to ascend just the same, but uh, there are going to be four or five situations in the NFL where a quarterback isn't 
one of the top positions on that team. So that is going to happen. It's going to come back to that. But I still think that the NFL right now is in a really good place. I just hope that the uncertainty surrounding the helmet rule isn't something that really uh, turns this NFL season down. Because in my opinion, this is going to be one of the best years in a long time to watch football. It really is. So uh, I hope that they get that uh, the helmet rule. Not so much the rule, but the calling of the rule. And it's always the white hats. That's what's so damn uh, frustrating about it is it's the guys who are supposedly the most senior, tenured guys on the field throwing the flags on on just typical tackles, form tackles, good tackles. It's a it's a scary situation right now of how crappy they could make watching NFL football if they continue to call like that. Hopefully they all get together and they're like, look, we're not calling it this way. Um, we are watching for definitive proof of lowering the head and intentionally hitting with the helmet that's what they need because right now they're just trying to save their butts with language and they need to watch it on the field because what they're calling and their way that they're trying to officiate it is not uh, a, 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 a positive way for the game it is going to turn it upside down so let's hope for for the best for that at the end of the preseason when they go back and check through all their calls they realize how ridiculous it is but uh, otherwise, folks, we're out of here for tonight. I'm not going to do a recap show tomorrow night or tonight after the game. Uh, I'm going to save that, let my, my opinions and thoughts fester kind of for a 24-hour period. We'll come back Tuesday night and we'll, uh, we'll go through the kind of the post-game review of the, of, the, of the second preseason game for the Colts against the Ravens. And we'll go from there. And uh, hopefully we've got a lot of good to talk about, but we're going to have a lot to talk about no matter what. So... Uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. Hi, I'm Kristen from Safeway. Your grocery shopping just got easier. Did you know we can deliver your groceries the same day through Safeway.com? Shop online and have your groceries handpicked for you and then delivered to your home or office. Plus, you'll get free delivery with your first online order. Service available in select areas and may be provided by a partner whose pricing and policies apply. Visit shop.safeway.com. This is Kristen from Safeway and we'll be on your doorstep soon. Remember last year when you waited until the last minute to book your fantasy draft party and you had to use that party room at that place that does children's birthday parties and there was no Wi-Fi or beer and the only trading that happened was you trading a long snake of perforated tickets for a neon snap bracelet. This year can be different. Book your fantasy draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings and get wings, Wi-Fi, and beer. Plus, while supplies last, get a draft kit on us. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.
Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.